What's up, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the In-Game Chat Podcast brought to you by Lackawanna College. Throughout this series, we'll be covering the ins and outs of the collegiate esports industry and all of the benefits that it can provide to those involved. Each episode, we will bring in different industry experts to help us dive into these topics and help educate our listeners on what collegiate esports has to offer. I am your host, Teddy Delaney, the esports program administrator here at Lackawanna College, and by my side is Bobby D., our IT expert and fellow esports coach. All right, and on today's episode, we have a good friend of mine, a previous co-worker of mine, Paul Capocci, who is now the director of esports at Marywood University. Paul, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited for this. Of course. I'm happy to have you here. Um, we've worked together in the past. You know, We brought you in as a volunteer coach, um, and you did a, a whole bunch more for us in that, in that stint of time that you were here. But the reason we wanted to have you on today was to talk about you know, the ins and the outs of the esports media production um, side of the industry, basically. Now, um, I know you've had a lot of experience in that field. Uh, doing different things such as casting and producing. So why don't you uh, uh, talk to us a little bit about that and then we can, you know, get into the to the, the nitty gritty, if you will. No, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I was lucky enough to get, you know, opportunities to do productions sort of all over the place. It's funny when, when COVID broke out um, and sort of, you know, esports, like most things shut down, but we still had an opportunity to continue in a, in a way that most... Um, industries either didn't understand yet or weren't fully aware of you know a lot of people hit the drawing boards and it's funny my first like real shot at production was a a league of legends league in england um you know i was definitely not the most qualified for the job but one of the managers i was talking to just looked at me was like you know you might not and i think he told me it straight up he's like you might not be the most talented but you're someone in the room like you're an adult in the room i can trust like you know you have your master's degree in communications and you understand how to handle you know a job like this you know sort of on in this cast we're dealing with so you know i i got to do production like i started with that one in london um for an organization called one ue sports and then it sort of just blew up from there right i did overwatch league of legends and valorant i believe if i counted right on four continents so i did stuff in england i did stuff in croatia i did north american things i also partnered with south american you know tournaments and events you know a bunch with um our friends north of the border shout out st Clair, canada and you know, through doing all the, these different kinds of events, I think for for me, it was an interesting way to get into the industry and sort of understand it. Like for me, I don't know that I ever saw production as, you know, the end, you know, where I wanted to end up that, oh, I want to be a T1 caster or I want to be a T1 producer. But for me, it was a good way to for it to be my lens into the industry, right? That I got to interview players and teams and coaches, and I got to actually like understand how these tournaments work. And, you know, how do we show a fan and help a fan make sense of this crazy esports world that, you know, on the collegiate side, we know to be so disjointed and, and fragmented. And, and so it, it was a really cool experience overall, because like you said, I got to cast, I got to produce, I got to do some observing work. Um, for League of Legends specifically, that I think was maybe my favorite part of all the production. So um, it was a really fun ride. I don't do as much of it now, now that I'm in the director seat, but I'm sure once the fall rolls around and, you know, I have my own students in the facility, like, Paul, are you going to be recording tonight's matches? I'm 
I'm going to nod and say, yeah, I'm going to solo producing Cassis and still have a blast doing it. Of course. Yeah, that that ends up happening a lot. <laughs> that, that you'll you'll find that out quick. Um, but but yeah, you mentioned a couple uh, pretty cool things that I want to touch on. Um, you know, one, a lot of people are still new to watching esports, you know, whether it be on Twitch or, you know, seeing some of those major tournaments pop up on ESPN or Disney XD or those different channels. And uh, you mentioned, you know, how do we how do we show these fans these games in a very digestible way? And I think that's really important because um, a lot of these games are really tricky and, and, and insanely intense, you know, and it's hard to, to keep up on these things. So I think, you know, the, the production and the observing is extremely important, um, you know, in how they how they do that and how they do produce and how they do, you know, observe or, um, you know, from the from those top down points of view, because a lot of people don't understand these games. So um, that's something that I can say from watching uh, and listening to some of your streams that you did a very good job at. And I think um, it's important to, you know, properly teach those things. And uh, so kudos to you on that. Thanks. Yeah, and I, I don't think we. And I'll be honest. I don't think we've scratched the surface of what an esports broadcast is going to look like in 20 years. So like, right. I'll give you a, a prime example. Um, I'll give another shout out to Matt Matt Samuelson out in for Ohio, oh, Miami. Like, so they're doing the LCS. So League of Legends North American Professional League. They're doing just a radio broadcast starting this weekend for their games. Wow. So like they're so like they're going to do like a, a a production side. Like you know, like a proper television broadcast with Twitch, but however you want to call it that, and they're going to do an audio-only version with a, a team that they put together specifically for that. And you know, the first time I saw it, I'm not going to lie, I was like, wait, what? And then I was thinking about, it, I'm like, I know most people aren't even watching it; they have it on their second monitor, hidden behind something. It's like it makes so much sense to just say from the get-go, "We know you're not looking at anything. We're going to describe it like you're watching." You know, you're listening to baseball on the radio or something else on the radio where you just add in that little bit more. So I think I think that's a beautiful experiment, whether it works or not. I haven't the slightest clue, but I, I really don't think we've scratched the surface of of what a stream for esports looks like or can look like. like. We we don't have everyone's viewpoints all at once. We don't have some of these things in the huddles. Like we don't have a lot of these pieces that we've come to know and love of traditional sports. We're getting there and I think we'll like come up with some in our own in the next twenty years when just like newer games and technology come out. But I think we're in a really cool place like that, you know, a company like the LCS can just say, we're gonna do audio only and give this a shot. And whether it works or not, it doesn't really matter. You can just try things like that. So I, I'm excited. Like, even if I'm not part of that industry as much anymore, I think there's so many cool things we can do, you know, as educators with our students, with our students, or even our students ourselves themselves could just be like, yeah, let's try something crazy. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. Like, it's 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 new. It's still in its infancy. We have no idea what an esports broadcast should look like yet. Yeah, and that's that's really interesting because. You know, you almost think that listening to, like, let's say they're going to do, um, you know, League of Legends, which is probably what's going to end up happening. That's, you really need to know a lot about the game to fully understand what's going on. I mean, even just watching some League of Legends streams and just hearing how intense the casters can be and how in depth they go with, you know, depicting the scene, 
that's like that's a lot of knowledge that you have to be able to have to imagine those those fights in those different lanes in League of Legends in just audio. That's crazy. Right. I'm excited to see how they do it. And I know the group they picked absolutely can do it, but I'm I'm excited to see like how it's done because because they can do it so many different ways. Like you said, yeah, you're trying to depict a fight in real time and then kind of like sort of revisit it but you don't want to just like rehash it because it's literally just you're just like giving closed captions to a replay of it so i don't i don't fully know how they'll end up doing it but like i I mean i'm excited for the product i I think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be super interesting i think maybe rocket league maybe lends itself best to that where it is just like a traditional sports call but i i think the radio part of it could if it takes off could be a really interesting uh wrinkle in the whole production side that we just haven't had yet sure and and i think that's that would be interesting and it would be pretty neat to see you know um esports events go down that road where they have them broadcast on the radio it's 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 kind of odd to think about that because of how visual these games are you know and how far these graphics have have come and now we're going to just yeah then we're just gonna not show it Exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, yo, check out this awesome thing we're playing. What's it look like? Uh, we're listening to it on the radio. Like it, it yeah. seems sort of counterintuitive, but in a weird way, I think it it might still end up working out. It, it's really strange, but I. I <laughs> I, it, yeah, that's a really good point. That we, we've taken the one thing that's like super just hyper visually driven and deciding, eh, we're just gonna we're gonna put it on the air. Yeah, right, so. but think about it like a college football game. Like I remember, there's a time I was at a Penn State game and I didn't get into the game, and Allen Robinson had the catch to beat Michigan State. I heard it on the radio. The parking lot erupted. Yeah. So just like oh. putting that, putting that visually, like with with the broadcast, like you said, Rocket League. I'm visualizing that like soccer. Now I've listened to soccer broadcasts, like driving far distances, and it's just like, oh man, this actually could be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's the part that's gonna really catch on. Hopefully, is you know, but even at the same time, like kids travel with their with their iPads or anything, you're with their their phones, they can watch Twitch streams. That's really interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep tabs on that and look into that because I mean, just just like with traditional sports, like Bobby said that. That's a huge thing, you know, listening to, to baseball games on the radio or, or football games or or anything, you know, soccer. That's huge. That's a big part of traditional sports. But with with uh, with video games, it's so visual that I, I, I'd be I'd be interested to see if that catches on. And I want to see how they distribute it, too, because like like I said this before we went live, like I'm going to Boston next weekend. If I could go on Spotify and download a couple of the OCS games and listen to them on my drive, I probably would. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to do it, just for something to listen to. Yeah. And again, I think that has a lot to do with with your knowledge of the game. Like you probably are are, uh, one of many people, obviously, that would be able to easily digest that and understand uh, the different the different moves or combos that they're talking about, the different ults from the different characters, you know. Um, cause leagues, leagues intense. There's a lot of knowledge in that, in that game that you have to have to even understand what's going on when you're watching it. So. I would say when you're watching the audio thing. Yeah. I definitely think the audio is going to end up being a niche in the same way. Probably like baseball, like absolute sure. diehard baseball fans are like, yo, the audio, the radio call is just way better. I'm like, is it really? Cause I'm bored regardless. But like, <laughs> uh, but like, like for someone that's like not super in the league, like, or just like knows to watch it or whatever. It's like, I, I can kind of follow it when I'm watching. Like I see somebody run in and I see the screen flash, you know, quadra kill. And it's like, okay, like that. I, I saw that that looks like that made sense. I saw health bars going down and his didn't. 
and th- I think that was good. When on the radio, we were just like, "Wait, what?" But I, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I think I think it opens this new territory for productions because I think the other part of it too is like we have, you know, we only have about ten or fifteen years of like. I mean, not not even 10 years on Twitch, but like 10 or 15 years of productions overall. And I think now that a lot of these organizations have gotten so big and are making so much money, you you kind of need to find a way now to re- like differentiate yourself like like that you know a league of legends like i watch league of legends i sort of watch overwatch league still but not as much as i used to mm-hmm. um and it's not a zero-sum game anymore like and, and like you can get me to watch multiple games in the same way i watch football and basketball and i think for a while it was like okay how do we make a league of legends broadcast appealing to like league of legends people it's like well how do we like even we had an NFL broadcast that was just specifically geared to kids. I know League did Worlds broadcast specifically geared to like beginners and people who like didn't follow the game. I think we're going to see more of that. Like you're going to have hyper specialized game broadcasts in traditional and in esports, and I think that's going to open up a lot of cool avenues too. Yeah, I agree, and I'm all for that. Yeah, and especially with uh, a lot of them are going to specific player oriented. So like the Champions League was this weekend. They had one star player on each team and you could watch a broadcast specific to them and it was focused around them. So like going forward, you you might have one for the hard carry for league, for example. That'd yeah. be that'd be really cool because golf does that, which I, I know that doesn't analogy doesn't quite work the same but like i can go on espn plus and just watch like phil mickelson the entire day and it never right. leaves him you yep. know it's it's not a team sport but like i can follow him as far as the nba hasn't tried that yet i mean they're already close to it but like i just have a broadcast i mean you, they're always in front of you so i guess you don't need to but like, just like oh this is the lebron james feed and just strap a gopro on his chest like, yeah, like why, why haven't really we done interesting. that like i want to see him d somebody up like close up you know what yeah. i mean there's so much smack talk though in the nba it would become sports on mute at that point it would just be like a highlight reel yeah, yeah well, they did that... kind of touch on that during the pandemic though where you did hear a lot of it and you you did get a lot of mutes where you're like wait, wait did my tv break all oh, right six second delay yeah but like so they did kind of already touch on that where they you know they toyed with how much audio from the games can we put in versus how much fan noise do we have to crank in to like balance it out so i it's interesting with the champions league i didn't realize they were doing that in soccer yeah they did it pretty cool yeah i think it was just two players one on each side and it was going for the whole broadcast i watched the game overall but there was one on chelsea and there was one on manchester united and they bragged about it the whole time (laughs) that's funny that's actually yeah that's really cool yeah, so there's a lot there's a lot to in store for for the 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 esports broadcast scene, which is pretty cool. But since we're talking about that stuff, I want to kind of break down, you know, the the ins and outs of of uh, of a production. So, you know, Paul, you've been in that scene before. So, so basically, we have you have your your um producers you have your casters you have observers what are some other roles that that might be behind the scenes in an esports production that that we don't really talk about a lot sure yeah so i think there's a lot of different ways to do a broadcast i think that's sort of the maybe the the like if you were to ask me what was the coolest part of working for a bunch of different organizations it would be Mm -hmm. there's so many ways to do the same job so the thing you're bringing up is really interesting right so the parts we don't think about 
Um, the producer observer relationships are really, really cool. Um, where you have, like, say, if you have an observer that's specifically dedicated to replays, you know, that back and forth where a producer might call for something or an observer says, says to the producer, wait, I actually caught something. Can I hop in? And the producer kind of guides everyone through it while like the casters are still talking you're just hearing all this in the background and there's probably like ways to perfect that so you don't but you know we're on a budget but like so things like that where um the observer producer part is something you might not always see and then um i was part of another broadcast that we did um called friday night mics and so what we did was basically we just had an it was basically an improv show for three hours over League of Legends. Like we'd commentate the games, but like a lot of times we would just go into like a podcast form where we'd be talking about hoagies or something and, and just yeah. like kind of ignore the game. But on that one specifically, we had a graphic designer that like if we said something, she'd already be whipping up what we were talking about. Sort of how like you know if you watch NBA on TNT, the like the inside the NBA guys, yeah, um, like they make a joke and then five seconds later it's up on the screen like photoshopped how they want. Exactly. That's something that you know she was doing as our designer. So it, I think th- there's always people like that. I think behind the scenes on, at the professional level, at the T1 level um, that m- I think even me that I, f- I forget that they're part of it where you have statisticians still, you have graphic designers um, and you, you have these like they're, they're producers, but I would even say they're a little bit more than that where they're like producers, but also, you know, on the spot memers. Right, literally. Right. No, that's exactly something like they're not designers. Yeah, they're create they're like content creators just yeah, there of, you like go. Every, of every form. Um and I I think they're a part of the broadcast that maybe um kind of falls through. I think the other part of it too, especially the T one level, and I have I have some friends now trying to get into this space and I never really thought of it, um, is the the pregame show desks, right? Like, cause, cause like you said, we, we go, okay, there's producer, observer, caster, and, and, and there's also the, the host analyst content creator side of things, right? We, like we have these wonderful hosts like golden boy and shocks that they aren't casters, but they're, they're still integral to most people's experience of, you know, a game like league of legends or, or overwatch. Cause they're the ones that bring you in and out of every broadcast and like, set up the action and make things make sense in the same way that, you know, Chris Berman did for a generation of football. And now, mm-hmm. you know, guys like, you know, uh, Greg Gumble and, and, you know, the Fox and then the Fox crew and CBS crew. So I, th- I think that would, those would be the two, like those content creators on the spot. And then, you know, if you, you know, castings maybe too fast paced or you're into the, the stats side of things, there's so many like host roles and analyst roles. And you're starting to see that the T2 and T3 levels where they have so many volunteers that just want to get experience in those roles that now, you know, a Thursday night league for an organization like Excellency, shout out Excellency, where they, you know, they run like, you know, silver, gold, diamond level leagues for League of Legends. So we're not talking all stars here, but, you know, kind of a rec league sort of thing, but they have pregame shows and podcasts and postgame shows and, you know, people specifically doing drafts because now they have volunteers that are just like, I want experience doing parts of the broadcast that I am more interested in than like actually being on the cast. And, and so I think, you know, as we, as we move forward with, you know, productions in general, uh, I think we're going to see even at the collegiate side a lot more 
um, a lot more productions add pregame shows and postgame shows too. Yeah, I think those are really important too. It adds to the whole production. It gets more people involved, you know, in it. In it, like something we talked about before, it shows uh, different fans or new audience members parts of the game that maybe they hadn't seen before. So we're kind of educating them along the process. And you know, speaking about educating them, um, we talked about hopefully the collegiate scene moves forward um, in that way with production. So. Uh, I, I think it's important to point out some of the things that Lackawanna College is doing to educate on esports media production. So, Paul, I know you <laughs> created uh, some classes for Lackawanna College, some esports business concentrations. So why don't we talk about those a little bit? Yeah, let's dive into it. So so one of the things when we made that curriculum, and off the cuff, I should know this, but like, you know, just high 40,000 foot view, an intro to esports, um, esports production, um, esports leadership, and a, a couple other courses that round out that skill set. But to talk about the production side of it, um, I think it's really important that this generation of, of collegiate students, student athletes, um, whether they're, I shouldn't even say just student athletes, but students interested in esports, get familiar with production in a way that. Um, is professional, right? So we're gonna we're entering this new era where, you know, it's not just the LCS and Overwatch League, but you have, you know, tons of tier two organizations. You know, you have organizations like the USO that constantly host events on Twitch that I think are really wonderful, by the way. So shout out USO for their mm -hmm. Twitch streams. Um, you have you know, organizations, you know, whether they're in Pennsylvania or around that are now hosting high school leagues. Um, obviously, like PlayVS and, and HSEO. So, like, we have all these companies sprouting up where it's not just like, oh, I need to be a tier one caster. It's like, no, you can make a living or a side hustle doing these other careers. So, one of the things that, you know, we, we all developed as a, you know, maybe you could say I spearheaded it and we had a, a great team on it for Lackawanna College was let's find a way to add in two esports production classes that kind of cover the basis. So, the first one, we split it into two. Um, you see some colleges, if it's a full bachelor's degree, might split it into four. But for our purposes, we did two. Um, the first one, you know, kind of the basics, right? How do we work with OBS in a way that gets the job done? How do we set up microphones correctly? How do we kind of QA a process? How do we cast? How do we, what does good casting look like? What does good production and observing look like? And sort of get the building blocks in place so that in esports production too, you know, if a student's like, I want to cast, I want to produce, I want to observe, I want to kind of try everything, you know, have a, a smorgasbord of, of things, then we open the door to them to kind of expand on, you know, expand on the overall value that they can create, but also hone their skills where they want to go exactly in the industry. So when, when we created those two courses, I think it was, you know, esports production one and two, it was how do we get them started? How do we refine them, their skills? And set them up in a way that, you know, if they if they want to go and, and volunteer or work at another organization and continue to refine that skill set, that they have a good foundation to work from. And I, I right. think we were able to I think we were able to accomplish that with the, the two courses ultimately together. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's important to also point out that, you know, that's not the only thing that we're working on here at Lackawanna College and some other initiatives that we're working on, such as 
renovating our thousand plus seat theater to host some um, intercollegiate or high school esports events that that will go hand in hand with these uh, with these esports media production courses because then we will be able to give these students real world experience operating and putting together these different types of events you know so we'll have uh, our esports students and student athletes uh, working on the shout casting side the producing the observing you know just the the general tournament creation um, utilizing different platforms to put together these events so it, it's really cool and we obviously really appreciate all the work that you put into those classes um, because we're filling those now and we're going to be able to put on some events throughout the the fall and spring semesters and even over this summer we're planning some and uh, hoping to get those uh, students in those classes involved and potentially move some of those events um, into you know uh, midterm or final projects for those courses so that they have to actually create and implement successful esports events you know and and, and carry out all uh, all the different functions within so it's going to be pretty exciting I, I and I think that's such a it's such a cool space to to do that in right like I, I think of so my comparison from my background is I remember when my friends in communications had to put together their midterms or final projects and it would be like a short film or a a short film, a documentary, a podcast or whatever it was, but they were real things, you know, like you're not Mm -hmm. just answering a multiple choice question, you know, multiple choice questions. And then you walk out and it's like, what can you do? I can't answer a test, right? Like, like, like you're talking about, like if you're going to go into esports, something so experientially driven, you have to have that real world experience and like the actual practice. Like you have to have time to try things, things break, things don't work out. I mean, you know, just to poke fun in it, even getting the podcast set up, we were like, wait, how do we do this best? How do we set this up? Right. Like, like you're going to, like you need those moments where you actually have to like stop and use your brain and go, wait, how, how can we find a workaround? And so I think that's the coolest part of any of the curriculum at, at Lackawanna college and just, um, at, you know, in just p- being part of the, the esports program there too, is is as you have this arena space and sort of these these sandboxes to play in. It's like okay, like this is how it actually goes, or if something breaks, or there's a pause in the game. Like you just can't teach that stuff in the classroom, or sort of you, you can't replicate that chaos unless you're actually in it. Like like someone's internet goes down and you're solo casting, or you lose the observer feed because it went to 360p and it's just pixels. Like what do you do? And you just kind of have to figure it out on the spot and then learn from it and do better the next time. So I think I think that's just such a cool part of the student experience and how they, you know, kind of develop moving forward and, and grow into whatever role they want to go into in esports. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that real world experience is something any company wants to see on a resume, you know, when applying for jobs. Oh, for sure. Because, you know, we're going to have a lot of kids that come into these courses that may or may not be interested in falling into uh, one of these fields, whether it be in esports or not, you know, but, you know, putting together these types of events and having that uh, business concentration certification on your degree is it's a major plus, you know, so we're excited. And again, really appreciative of you putting in the time and effort to create those classes. So we're, we're hoping for good, good and big things to come out of those. So. No, yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, I think the other thing, too, with uh, that's really neat right now with the collegiate space is because we have all these different conferences, because we have all these schools entering it, we kind of all just push each other. Like, there's not a, 
there's not a status quo that we're all answering to. We can kind of do all of our own things where, you know, like a lot of college might focus on curriculum. You have schools like St. Clair Canada that do curriculum and, and heavily focus on production. And you have mm-hmm. you know other schools that are focusing on the management side of things. I think we can all, there's, it's so early on and we're, it's such a, a friendly atmosphere between directors and coaches that we can kind of all find our niches and kind of still help students in, our own unique ways and you know like ones is that you know we have this arena in you know the northeast you know just talking the u.s that's sort of unique you know that you can leverage in a way that a school out west maybe can't do the same way but they have their own secret sauce and i i think the interplay of all of that and what colleges can create together and on their own makes this the collegiate esports space just so so interesting right now and and so much fun to work with, like getting up every day and like getting to work in this space and see what other colleges are doing. It's like, oh, okay, that's awesome. And like, maybe we can't replicate that here, but we can do something else interesting for our students. And I, I think that's a really, really cool part of what we're all developing. Yeah, agreed. And, and you kind of, you can take a, a page out of everyone's playbook and put your own little spin on it at your institution and, and make it work um, within your own institution. So I exactly. agree. As long as I've worked in this industry, everyone's been extremely friendly and helpful. Um, even just like watching like St. Clair's productions or Boise State productions, just taking little things and trying to apply them to ours to make them better. You know, obviously they have a much bigger staff um, in each of their institutions, <laughs> but it's nice to, to to take notes, you know, and try and bring that back to uh, Lackawanna College and add our own little flair. So, so yeah, it, it's constantly changing, constantly growing, but, you know, you, you learn from everyone as you go along and, and try and make it work. So, Adding on everything we've gone around, going back to the beginning, though, Paul, what was your favorite moment um, coming up with the industry? And like that you were if you were casting something or producing something that you just like you'll never forget that moment. That's a good question. So my favorite, I think my favorite thing I did. And um, so I had an opportunity. We were doing. Uh, League of Legends, we were doing their scouting ground circuit. So basically what it is, um, I'll try to keep this as short, like the explanation, but basically it's like, you know, if you're in the top whatever percent of league players, like the top like amateur teams go into like a round robin sort of thing across a bunch of different leagues. And then the top teams make it out and play in the playoffs. And then the top players from those go to a combine so it's like so it's, it's it's effectively like an amateur ladder to get to the best players they enter this bre- this combine and then they get scouted so we i was helping we were we had a volunteer crew of like 80 of us helping to broadcast the games throughout the round robin part of it like through all these different leagues and so that was really fun but then when the playoffs came around um, we we still asked a volunteer with Face It through Riot, and we were like, "Hey, can we do these broadcasts individually? Like, can we?" And they approved it. Um, and I was picked to be one of the casters for some of the games. And for me, that was a really cool thing because I had just started that March, literally right when this was launching. So I got into it maybe a week after it started. Um, I had someone from Supernova, shout out to Ari, gave me. An opportunity, you know, said, hey, hit up these guys. You can probably still get in and be part of this. So I joined, and it was such a great community. And, and that was another case of I definitely wasn't the, the best caster, maybe the most deserving caster. But um, 
and when it started, we had like 80, you know, like 60 casters and four producers. And someone reached out to me. He's like, hey, we need a producer. Can you? And, I, and they're like, everyone else just keeps dropping the ball. If we don't have producers, we can't have productions. And I was like, sure, I'll take one for the team. I'll do it. So I produced like six times in like two weeks. I'd never really done it before, um, but I figured it out. And and when it came around to cast again, they're like, you know, you kind of took one for the team then. We, we see you grinding casting other places because you kind of got shafted here. You know, I, I think, and I, I got to work with a guy, Beat Down Boulevard, who's just awesome. They're like, we like you guys to do the casts. Um, I believe we did Radiant at the time, the one team. And it was so cool preparing for a playoff game because to that point, it was like Wednesday morning, you'd find out six o'clock tonight, you're casting this game. And you don't have prep time. Well, this we did. We had like three or four days to watch old games. We'd sit in voice calls with these uh, incredible analysts and, and junkies of amateur league. And we were just breaking down film. Like we'd get up, I'd be like, yo, we'll meet at 10 and we'd be on till like into the afternoon, just breaking down film, breaking down analyses, prepping for this broadcast. Um, and I think we, I, we nailed it. I think we, the, the organization actually specifically asked for the two of us to come back. Like they could have had an option to say, well, they were good, but let's try another tandem. And like, they're like, no, we thought they were awesome. Let's bring them back. Let's have them do our next game. Um, Cause they were moving on. And so we got to do both of them together. It was just such a cool experience for me. Cause I learned one, I had a blast. It was so much fun. He was such a good caster to work with. Um, and I think we did pretty good, but it taught me so much about the preparation that goes into it and the people that are involved with it. And, and and sort of reshaped my my view of the work ethic of the space. And it sounds corny, but like I just remember I came away from that. And I'm like, I felt prepared. I knew I was prepared. I worked my ass off to get to that point with that series, just hours and hours of studying and learning in a way that like no one had ever really shared with me before that we all kind of like chipped in together. And then like when other teams casted them down the road, me and this other guy beat down, we stepped up and said, Hey, we watched those first two games while you were casting this other team. We'll help you prep now. Um, so it was this great information exchange and, and group experience. And I think that'll be like sort of the, the moment I always look back on, like, you know, what was the peak for you? That was it. And, and, and if that's ultimately the peak in my career, I did pretty damn good. Cause I think a couple of those guys are that we casted are legitimate pros now in the LCS. Um, that's awesome. They were such good players. A couple of them were good collegiate players like Andy Bendy and a couple of them. Um, that, that was the pinnacle for me was, was that whole like weekend of grinding and, and pre- you know, practicing and preparing and then actually casting it. Like I said, it was, it was, was awesome. So that, for me, that was, that was the peak. That was my Mount Everest. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's really cool because that, that's kind of like what we hope to push these, these students towards that are going to be getting into those esports media production classes, you know, starting small, moving your way up, walking through any open door that you see and, you know, and then put your, put your whole effort into it, you know, give it your all and, and make it work. So yeah, because awesome. it was yeah, it was crazy, dude. Like you think about like I had productions where I'd get a text, yo, so and so didn't show up. Can you come live? When? Now. And you just hop in and you're like, Yeah, we've got uh we got the fish boys here against the meat <laughs> meaners and I'm like, What what do I can't like and like so you can't set anything up or say anything especially interesting. You're just reacting to everything. But with this one, we were so prepared. Like we knew everyone's mindset, 
like we knew people's ages, their rookie seasons, their yeah, like their their careers, who had played together in the past, and so like when things happened, where like we had set it up right, or or we understood like okay, this happened because of this actually. You know, and, and now it may like we were able to put things in context and, and esports. We haven't gotten there yet. Like we can you can sit down with pretty much anybody in America that's turned on a television and debate Michael Jordan versus LeBron. Right. Because it has context. Sure. We don't have that in esports yet. Like we can have top 10 conversations, but the you know, league's only been around for 10 years. You can only go so far. So. Yep. So I, I think. I think that part of it's really cool. And like you said, with, with the, this next group of students looking at productions coming up, we we can absolutely teach them where it's like, yeah, take every opportunity you can. And then when you have these bigger events, it's like, whoa, there's a lot more that goes into it. It's like, yeah. And it's really awesome when you can double down and kind of get this fuller experience that just wasn't, wasn't possible before, but um, now is. And that was, that was really cool. I, I'm always going to kind of, cherish those i think i have those recordings somewhere now it, uh, it makes me want to go back and listen back. But was i actually any good those days but it was, it was fun regardless and, and i worked with the same guy then on like a couple broadcasts after that that kind of like kicked off a, a partnership for us where we then got to do a bunch of different broadcasts together and um, right. we, i made a lot of friends doing that awesome well yeah so um yeah we're really excited to to move forward with these courses and give different students the opportunity to you know <laughs> come on board as work studies or, or have internships. So that's going to be great. Final thank you to you for creating those classes. It's going to be awesome. So um, Paul, we uh, we really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about the ins and outs of esports media production, everything that goes in and out and all the craziness that can happen, you know, thinking on your feet, uh, having those events that are that are on the spot or having those events that you have time to prepare. It's awesome to hear those stories. Uh, Bobby, you have any closing words for Paul? No, just thanks for doing this with us. It's, it's been cool. Thanks for sharing some stories and some insight. Yeah, of course. And, and thanks for having me. I mean, my esports career certainly doesn't launch with, you know, without Lackawanna, without you, Teddy, you know, me coming up to you. Hey, do you have a coach for Smash and Fortnite? <laughs> no, can I be? I can't pay you. I didn't say I want to be paid. I said I yeah. want a coach. Like, I, you know, if, if anyone listening to this, I mean, go and get it, right? Esports, Absolutely. The, the industry, like a lot of industries, it doesn't hand anything to you. Go and get it, and you will reap the benefits. I asked Teddy, can I volunteer? And, and now I, I am sitting in a parallel seat to him across town, and it's 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 been a special ride. So you know, thank you to both of you, and it's really Lackawanna for uh, to for all the opportunities I've gotten. It's been a it's been a really special ride, and definitely none of that's possible without you know you guys in Lackawanna College specifically helping make all that happen. Awesome, yeah. Well, we appreciate that, and I'm definitely happy that I could provide a little bit of a, a nudge in the right direction you know it's awesome so i can't wait to continue to work with you on different events that we can put together you know some crosstown rivalry stuff i cannot wait yeah it's gonna be fun so so Beat again each other up in some scrims exactly uh, i can't wait oh it's gonna be great exactly so that's all good stuff to look forward to so a final thank you to you and hopefully we will talk to you soon thank you for tuning into the in-game chat podcast brought to you by lackawanna college Please be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at PlayLCEsports on both platforms to stay up to date on everything we are creating here with the Lackawanna College Esports program. We will be releasing these episodes bi-weekly on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and all major podcast platforms, so please be sure to tune in and share our episodes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.